Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, with stock markets proving volatile, what's the case for turning to cash instead? And if you do it, where's the best home for your money? That's the focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. The equation for cash saving changed dramatically last year. Interest rate rises meant that it was possible to get a return from cash that had been unheard of for years, while at the same time, returns from stock and bond markets were turning sharply negative. That pushed many to reassess cash deposits as a home for their savings. So what's the case for cash savings now? And what role should there be for cash for those who believe in the long-term appeal of risk assets like the stock market? And of course, where is the best home for your cash? We're hoping to answer all of those questions today with the help of Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Uh, Tom, welcome along. Um, Let me go back to late 2021. That was before we'd seen any of these interest rate rises that we're now quite used to. Back then, you could get just 0.19% on the average easy access savings account. Now, it's possible to get 3.15% from one of those accounts. And if you're happy to tie your money up for even longer, you could get as much as 4.5% from cash. Looking at those numbers, Tom, it's understandable, isn't it, that people are seeing more sense in depositing their money in cash? Yeah, absolutely. And um, those very low rates that uh, that you mentioned at the, at the end of uh, 2021 had been in place for many, many years. I mean, I, I can remember going back to um uh just ahead of the of the financial crisis um uh i'm mean, actually at the time I, I i i sold a house i moved into rented property i had a bit of money to put aside and getting four or five five actually six percent was was yeah. was very possible and um and then that disappeared overnight interest rates fell fell to zero and for the next 13 14 years um, effectively, we viewed cash in a very different way. Um, there was no return, um, uh, and it just wasn't even worth thinking about. When you were thinking about where to allocate your your savings and, and, and investments, um, cash just wasn't an issue. And as you say, that has now changed. It is now a viable alternative um, to bonds and, and shares for the first time in many years. Yeah, um, there's a lot of context that is important around, you know, you think about cash, you think it's quite a simple decision, look at the rate and see if that's what you think is, um, uh, you know, a return that you're happy with. But of course, there are lots of moving parts here. Inflation is a big factor. And also the returns or potential returns you can get on other assets, they're a big factor as well. Um, I wanted to go about this by thinking about uh, the circumstances in which it makes sense to snap those kind of cash rates up right now and some of the scenarios in which it doesn't make sense. I guess if you can get 4.5% on cash, there is a scenario where you're tying your money up for a long period of time, but inflation is falling. It's expected to fall further this year. It could fall to below 4.5%. That means you're getting an above inflation return from cash, which has been very, very difficult to do for a long, long time. Um, For a lot of people... That's gonna that's gonna be very attractive, right? It sounds, on the face of it, very attractive. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you can get four and a half percent on cash, and inflation does come down um, towards the Bank of England's two percent target, and so you're making a real inflation-adjusted return on your money, sounds fantastic. I would just, I'd, I'd slightly caution that that view, though. Um, 
by saying that were inflation to come down that quickly, if it were to come down from the double digit levels it's at now to two or three percent, um, uh, that would almost certainly be associated with accompanied by a fall in interest rates. Mm. And in those circumstances, you would find that other riskier assets like shares would would probably do extremely well because that that sort of movement is not currently priced into uh, the stock market. I mean, what 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 investors are looking at at the moment is a period of actually higher inflation than we had hoped for, stickier inflation than we'd hoped for and therefore higher for longer uh, interest rates. So if we were to get that scenario that would make cash returns look attractive, then everything else would do well as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because because cash, it gives you um, certainty from one point of view. But you're right, it doesn't give you complete certainty because you do have to weigh up opportunity costs of the assets that you would have been holding had you not put it all in cash. Mm. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the scenarios in which people might be tempted because at 4.5%, the thing that really jumps out at me at that level of return is that um, a lot of people will be basing their long-term financial plans on a return like that. It's a conservative level of return, but um, particularly for those, say, living or close to retirement, when they want a little bit of certainty about what their level of um, savings is going to do, that's going to appeal because they're probably going to be basing their income on 4 to 5% of withdrawals. A cash rate like that will get them there for a period. Yes, they may miss out on stock market returns, but they get certainty, and that's probably worth something, isn't it? Yeah, and I think for a lot of people um, who maybe in the past were used to being able to get uh, you know, a, a half-decent return uh, on cash, and, they, and they, they, they appreciated that the relative security of cash um, coupled with that um, return. The return of those kind of rates now, the availability of those rates is going to seem very attractive because yeah. maybe for the last 15 years or so, they have been forced into um, a higher risk level of investment than they were comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, the people were investing in uh, in the stock market or, or, or in bonds rather reluctantly actually they they instinctively temperamentally they wanted to be cash investors and now they've got the opportunity uh to 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 do it again yeah and um let's shift shall we to the different options for people to save into cash um we've spoken about uh Broadly speaking, cash savings accounts they come with the the, the rule tends to be the longer you're willing to pay uh, tie your money up for, the higher rate you're going to get. Four point five percent is about the best. That's for five years, quite a long time. You can actually get four point three percent to tie your money up for just two years. So perhaps that might suit people a bit better. Um, if you want to get at your money at any time, what they call uh, easy access, that's more like three point one percent. So it's coming down and down and down. It's important to consider, Tom, isn't it, your circumstances for this kind of thing, because there's no point getting some great rate on cash if you have to give all that interest back because you need all your money back very quickly. Yes, and and, and I think it's important also to think about timescales here as well, because if you look at the the long-term performance of uh, cash versus riskier assets like like bonds and shares um, in real terms the difference is 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 very pronounced and uh, you know I think historically you have paid a, quite a high price for that emotional security of 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 putting your your money in cash and I think it's disguised at the moment by 
uh, the, the relatively high rates available, the relatively high rate of inflation uh, at the moment. But the important way of looking at this is, uh, is in real inflation-adjusted terms. And still, cash is paying a sub-inflation return. You know, you are losing money um, in real terms by holding money in, in, in cash. I can see the appeal for it, but I think people really need to, to think about the price that they're paying for that security. And actually, that difference between cash rates and inflation, that's bigger now than when cash rates were on the floor because inflation was so low back then. Yes, absolutely. I mean, actually, the opportunity cost of leaving your money in cash was not very great um, then when when interest rates were close to zero, but inflation was also close to zero, then you weren't really losing that much in real terms. But 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 now you are. So actually, you could argue that now is the time actually to to be looking at ways of, uh, of making your, your your money work harder. But of course, that's a difficult case to make when there's volatility in, in stock markets and, and, and bond markets. Um, and, and, and many people will say, I hear what you're saying. But you know what, four and a half percent sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. And, and just finally, uh, in this conversation, Tom, um, I wanted to, to focus on one particular cash option, which is premium bonds. Two main reasons for that. One, they're very popular. I think they're, they're the most popular savings product in the UK. And second of all, I've written about them this week, so I've got <laughs> something to say about them. Um, so premium bonds, they are not savings accounts. They are they are bonds that pay prizes. You are entered into a prize draw. Probably people understand how premium bonds work. Um, the prize fund rate for premium bonds has just been risen to 3.3%. That's the average rate that uh, you get on each premium bond, but that is a very broad average and it holds uh, or hides a multitude of variants um, there. If you got that level of return, it would also be tax free, which is a, a, an element of the appeal of premium bonds. Um, do given all of that, Tom, do premium bonds make ever make sense as a home for your cash? You have a lot of risk from inflation eroding your value, but it's tax free. Where do you sit? Yeah, so I mean, so you've you've, you've highlighted um, how how they work. Um, I think the important thing also to realise, which you didn't mention there, is is that uh, it, it, the, how closely they approximate the return approximates to that that level that you mentioned of three point three percent now. Um, it depends to a large extent on how much money you hold. It does. So if you've only got a um, hundred pounds worth of, of premium bonds, then the, the 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 range of possible returns is going to be very wide. If you've got fifty thousand pounds worth, I think that might be the the limit That's of the limit what you can, can hold. hold. So, yes. so if you if you're at the top end of what you're allowed to hold in in, in premium bonds, fifty thousand pounds, then probably your return is going to be very close to that 3.3%. And as you say, it's tax-free. So it's in, in effect, that's a return of well over 4% um, uh, before tax. Um, and um, and that sounds quite a sensible approach. So I think it does depend how much money you're prepared to allocate to premium bonds. Yeah, yeah it's interesting this time. I, I've, I've, as I mentioned, I've written about premium bonds this week. And you may be familiar with this feeling of, of setting out to write something with one sort of hypothesis in mind, and then completely disproving <laughs> your hypothesis. I thought I would write an article saying, well, really, actually, under certain circumstances, premium bonds make lots of sense, because the rate, broadly speaking, matches a comparable savings account. It's tax free. Um, and what have you. I think the truth, the truth is, if you really look at the numbers, Probably, if you're really interested just financially in the best result, 
uh, a high paying savings account right now is better. That's not always been the case. Sometimes premium bonds and that prize fund rate has been more attractive. And as you say, it all depends on exactly how much money you have. Probably you need tens of thousands, you know, 30,000 probably. And you need to have the average amount of luck, of course, because mm. this is a prize draw. Mm. Um, then you maybe it begins to make sense. But um, th- there's no... Uh, there's no sort of magic wand when it comes to any savings accounts. You know, the, the people who provide them, NSNI, tweak their rates to ensure that they're not going to be suddenly more advantageous than cash savings rates. Mm. So it's you're never too far out of whack. It's kind of, you pay your money, you take your choice. Yes, that's true. But the, the the one thing that premium bonds do have, of course, is the the, the lottery factor. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is the possibility. I don't know what the top prize is. is it a million, a million pounds. There's a two million. one million pound prizes. Okay. So the, so yeah. there is there is the the, the remote possibility um, that you know you could put twenty thousand pounds into into premium bonds and walk away with a million pounds. Yeah. And I think. You know that's that's not insignificant. I mean, that, no. you know, there's that that, that that you know that that that's worth something. Yeah, no, it is, and um, no, it's funny. And I suppose that for people who basically have a, a pile of cash which is relatively substantial, but they're not that bothered about the return. Maybe the cash is not there to generate high mm-hmm. levels of return. They want it easy access because it's their kind of rainy day yeah, money, exactly. pinch money. Yeah, they're not going to be getting huge rates on those kinds of accounts. Maybe premium bonds make sense for those people. Yeah, I, I do think there are. You know, you know, everyone probably you know has a little bit of money which they just parked. It's it's a kind of a, a mental insurance policy. It's yeah. just you know, it's nice to know that there's a bit there that you know that you can lay your hands on if you have to, um, and and if it's actually sitting there with the possibility of earning you you know a life changing amount <laughs> of money, that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, indeed. Well, okay, Tom. That is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.